The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas. I'm your host, Mel Fambergas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, stop delaying it. Just go to VeritasRadio.com and click on the subscribe button. Next time you go to the movies, you'll be paying more than what it costs for one month of Veritas. And our information will certainly help you find the truth you won't find in the movies. And for MMS or our pure organic sulfur, visit the Veritas store. Did you know that the scientific and religious communities are concealing crucial information that are key to humanity's freedom? Tonight, we discuss extraordinary secrets that have been hidden from the world until now with our special guest, Dr. Scott McQuaid. Right now on Veritas. Dr. Scott McQuaid is an internationally acclaimed author and lecturer known around the world for his research into ancient texts. He has been in dozens of radio shows and has taught thousands of individuals from all over the world, many of which have been personal students of his at his private learning network, The Inner Circle. The information Dr. McQuaid provides is life-changing and is of only the highest quality. If you are a genuine truth seeker, when you read Dr. McQuaid's books or listen to his teachings, you will know once and for all that you have found what you've been seeking. This is information that is not available from any other source. It's exclusive to Dr. McQuaid's research and will transform your thinking. As a no-nonsense individual, Dr. McQuaid has only one goal in mind, teaching the truth so you can be free. And to learn more about Dr. Scott McQuaid and his work, visit his website at paxionpublishing.com, which is also linked at our website. And as the saying goes, veritas vos liberabit, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Here's Dr. Scott McQuaid, who will share his truth. Hello, Dr. Scott McQuaid, and welcome to Veritas. Hello, Mel. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my honor to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I was uh, was telling you offline, I just finished the book, one of your excellent books, The Tribulation, and I am newly one of of, of those who has been exposed to your work, and and I have to say, I don't know why I haven't found you before. Many people say, first of all, many people say they want the truth. By the way, may I call you Scott? Certainly. Yes, you may. Many people say they want the truth, but what they really mean is that they desire to find a body of evidence that supports their existing belief system. 
Why do you think that is? Well, you know, we are we are biological creatures, and one of the things that we are, are accustomed to is comfort. That's one of the things that we seek out. We are not genetically predisposed to moving outside of that comfort zone in order to behave properly, I should say. And, you know, the Bible talks about this when it says that um, people want their ears scratched, especially in the in the time of the end, uh, because as the pressures of life increase, as, as stress increases, as anxiety and depression and all these related things uh, and debt also increase, people desperately want something that's comfortable and they want to be reassured that what they have been taught their whole life is true because that is a that is a point of reference for them that they can look to and say oh okay i'm all right even in the in this chaos in the world if i just if i just cling to this you know truth or, or belief system that i've had my whole life then i'm okay so they're really looking for a confirmation that uh, that they're on the right track it's it's a comfort thing and it's uh it's it's something that uh it's really genetic it's something that we're programmed to do and you know i'm sure in the interview, we will talk more about that and why that's the case, but that's that's how I see it. Absolutely. And just as I've said many times during this show, I grew up a Roman Catholic. I was an altar boy for, for over a decade. And I asked questions. And for some reason, those questions put me in trouble. And I always wonder why. If, if, if people are here to learn the truth, why is it a sin for many the perception was to me that it was a sin for me to step outside that box. Why is that? Right. Well, it's the old slap on the wrist with the ruler from the nun. <laughs> exactly. Kind of thing, you know? the, uh, the, the efficacy of religious institutions and the dogma and the uh, mass uh, embracing of the doctrine is contingent upon people believing the doctrinal lies. If if people actually knew the truth, they would run as fast as they possibly can from religious organizations and institutions. And the powers that be know that. I mean, they know that if if you know the truth, you will not be compliant. And whether it's wittingly or unwittingly, the ones who govern the religious institutions, the churches, we'll, we'll call them pastors for our purposes. Sure. They, you know, they they understand that if, if uh, first of all, if you if you ask questions and they don't have the answers, then that to them undermines their authority, and it's that authority that keeps them, you know, <clears throat> well, it keeps the bills paid. To be quite honest, I, I went through this kind of this exact same thing when I was in uh, Bible school and seminary and all throughout. I would sit in the front row, and I was always a thinker. You know, I I always wanted the truth. Um, because I believe what Jesus said. He said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free, which is your mantra. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, so I would get the same response. I would raise my hand, and I would say, you know, I'm just curious, since we're on the topic of the flood, I'm curious why, you know, there are two renditions of the creation story, once in Genesis 1 and once in Genesis 2, and could you explain that a little bit? Why would man need to be created twice? And I would get the same response. Well, you know, I would get uh, a mild scolding, so to speak. There would be a, a little chuckle in the room behind me of the students who thought that the same thing the teacher did, and, and they would tell me, well, there are just some things that we're not meant to know until we are in heaven. But Jesus said that to get to heaven, in other words, to be free, 
we have to know the truth. So that, that was immiscible to me. Jesus' words and the words, the answers that I would get from my teachers, some of whom were world-renowned biblical scholars, did not mesh with me. So I feel your pain, <laughs> Mel. I was I was in that same situation, and it's very frustrating when you when your heart is really focused on the truth. I was going to say, did we go to the same school? Because it's exactly me <laughs> in the front of the room. Because I wanted to be. I never understood the kids who wanted to sit in, sit in the back. I wanted to learn, and I wanted to ask questions. But one of the reasons, you know, I, I always wondered why we had this amnesia, widespread amnesia. Is that? contrived? Is this something that we, for some reason, were genetically modified to forget? Or is this part of the plan to to make us mushrooms, to be in the dark? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely think that is the case. And, um, you know, we this is, I think, why we have deja vu. And um, the, the shroud, however, that has been covered with which we've been covered, that has prevented our memories from surfacing, is very thin. Now, it's getting thinner. Uh, This is why, you know, I'm able to to know these things. It's taken a long, long time and a lot of work, but I would not have done that, and and you would not have been on the course you're on had you questioned things. And, you know, back 100 years ago or so, people didn't, you know, really question things like they do now. Part of that is because of the resurgence of of knowledge that we have. We're inundated with knowledge and it's readily available. But at the same time, there's a curiosity now that I see that is is really unprecedented, I think, in human history. Uh, Not just because of the knowledge, but because there's something intrinsic within us that wants to know and, and furthermore knows that something is just not right in the world today. So, Let's start with the word English. What is the real meaning of the word English is? Well, the re- the real meaning. Yeah. <laughs> the real me- it describes our language and it describes uh, a culture and uh, you know the English people, but uh, from England. Uh, but at, like so many other things, I've discovered is that the the, the deeper meaning of of this word and others uh, is really. It, you know, we can see it in the present-day language. In- Ingle, the, the prefix of English, E-N-G-L, is, um, it, it is a, an old word, an old Gaelic word that means angel. It means both angle, A-N-G-L-E, and it means angel, A-N-G-E-L. And you find this mixing, this, this uh, uh, mixing of letters to create anagrams uh, all throughout language, in, in every different language, in every different culture. And there's a reason for that. But the the suffix of English, I-S-H, is a Hebrew word, which means man. So English literally means angel man. And people might think that's strange or, you know, ask why that's significant. Well, it's, it's a reference to who we are. The book of Daniel talks about the angels who would mix their seed or mingle their seed with the seed of men. But they would not cling to one or as one another as iron does not cling to clay, and this is this is literally uh, who who this is in reference to the English, and the English language is full. It's turgid with 
with elucidating information, if you know how to look and where to look, uh, it sheds a lot of light on, on what's happened in the past, in the ancient past, as well as what's happening right now. So that's what it means. It means angel man. The ish at the end of English rhymes with enuma elish. Is there a correlation there? Well, I would I would have to say absolutely. I'm sure this is in my notes somewhere off the top of my head, though I would say that uh, um, it is a reference to the same thing, actually, as English, because pneuma is a reference to the, the breath, uh, for instance, that was breathed into man. Uh, we would... Um, you know, it's, it's a word that we use today, the pneuma. It's a reference to the lungs and breathing. And ish is also, like you say, man. And el is a reference to the ones who did this initially, called Elohim in chapter 1 of Genesis. So, yeah, that's that's a very good insight. Uh, and that's I'm sure that is what, what that's a reference to. Because they were the ones who, in the Bible, first created man in chapter 1. And, and they did not make man. They created man, and there's a very significant difference. And all the stories in the Bible, as I point out over and over and over again in my works and everything, come from those ancient stories. They are not unique to the Bible. They were not inspired by God, and the Bible is not inerrant. They, they come, those stories come from texts far predating the, the uh, Bible. And the Jewish scribes. And this may be a, a quick parenthesis unrelated to the book, but I wanted to ask you out of curiosity, Israel, I've heard that it's it's uh, the combination of the words Ishtar, Ra, and Elohim. Do you lend credence to that? I do, but that is, that is actually an exoteric uh, meaning of, of that. Um, Israel... <laughs> I, you know, we should start in the beginning because I don't, I don't want to move ahead without giving a foundation. Sure. But there's a very significant reason why Israel is represented by, and is the only country that is represented by a single six-pointed star uh, with with a line below and a line below, or excuse me, a line above and a line below. And that it's a reference to genetics. That's exactly what it means. You can call it the seal of Solomon. You can call it the star of David. Uh, you can call it by different names, but it is a hexagram, and that is a reference to part of our DNA. It's a very deep, hidden, and uh, important story uh, for the powers that be uh, to enable them to rule as they do today. And uh, it's one of the reasons why there is a very significant bond between uh, Israel and the United States, who is the only the only country who flies uh, 50 red pentagrams on their flag. There's a connection there, and it's literally a hidden, concealed genetic connection. This is why uh, most of the presidents, for the last 50 years at least, have talked not only highly, but very, very highly of Israel, and talk about there being an inextricable bond. Uh, Obama says that uh, the safety and security of Israel is sacrosanct, meaning it's above everything else. Uh, so, but we, we know we can get into some of that. But I, I really, I would rather start in the beginning and tell why this is the case before I jump into that, because it sounds a little outlandish if people don't have a proper foundation upon which to base that. So, let's do that definitely. Let's put the foundation because uh, I'm curious too. Well, it has to do with what happened in the very beginning. 
has to do with what happened in the very beginning. When, when, I, was, when I set out on this course, you know, the Father had orchestrated some things in my life that had climaxed, and the culmination of those events I knew was orchestrated by Him. And He brought me to my knees in many ways. And I said, you know, at that time, I was broken, and I asked the Father to guide me and lead me, direct me to the truth so I could know it and teach it to other people. And when He did that... I said, I said, you know, where do I begin, Father? He said, I want you to start in the beginning. Now, I had read through the Bible many times. I had, I had sat in Christian, uh, you know, I was, I was in the first class that a Christian school ever had in my area. I was the first in the first class, and from that point on, all of my education was Christian, junior high, high school, several colleges, several seminaries, on and on, through my master's and my doctorate, and everything was based within Christianity. And so it was a little interesting that the Father had me start in the beginning, because I had written papers, I had taught classes, I had preached, I had, you name it, I had, you know, been on mission trips. I was, I thought that I knew what the Bible said. Well, it was, it was shocking to me when I started learning the truth, and very humbling to me when I started learning the truth. Because when you, when you realize that what you have learned, what you have been taught, has mostly been a lie, or at the at the least, truth mixed with a lie. It's a very humbling experience. So, and that's that's what people must go through. If regardless of your background, that's what people have to go through if they want to know the truth. You you must humble yourself before the Father, and He will give it to you. He will show you where to go to get it. And you know that's why I do what I do. He's He's called me to do this, but He took me to the beginning. And when I looked at the beginning in Genesis, I was, I was starting to get blown away because my questions that I had asked and never received answers for were finally being answered. And here's one of those questions that I, I mentioned at the beginning of this, of this uh, broadcast. I had always asked, why was man created once in Genesis chapter 1 and then again in Genesis chapter 2? And no one was able ever to answer that. They would always say, well, it's just a retelling. It's a retelling of the creation. Or they would say, you know, we're just not supposed to know until we were with the Father. Well, here's the answer to that question. And I want to tell people, if you are listening to this broadcast, I would strongly encourage you to grab a pen and paper. Grab a drink if you want. It's going to be a while. <laughs> we're going to be on here for a little while. But you're going to get things in this broadcast that you won't find from any other place on the planet, I promise you. And these are important things. These are crucial things for you to understand. Because what you've been taught thus far, regardless of if whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, a Hindu, an agnostic, an atheist, or somebody that just doesn't care, <laughs> and you're caught up in the cares of life, you're going to learn things that are going to transform your life if you let it. And these are important in order to, to understand the Father and His truth. So, in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, we go through these these things that are being made, you know, it starts out in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, etc., etc. And we go through, and we see that things are being made, and we see that things are being created. And now, at, at a first glance, uh, at a cursory review, that doesn't make a difference to pastors and theologians or Christians or anybody reading it. They just think that, you know, the author of this text chose to use make in one uh, verse and chose to use the word create. 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.